What is up, y'all? Welcome to Culture. I'm your host, Leslie Lee the Third. Track of the night is Health and Tyler Bates. Featuring our boy Chino from the Deftones, Anti-Life. That song actually tie in to the comic book Dark Knight's Death Metal. Pretty cool soundtrack for a comic book that I don't think is probably not that good. I haven't read it yet. But speaking of not that good things, folks, I just got Thor Love and Thunder. Whew. I I knew it would be bad. I could tell from the trailer, and we'll take a listen to the trailer in a minute, perhaps, or, or some clips, but I could tell from the trailer it was going to be bad. But I did not expect it to be that bad. Man, I, I even, I could even feel, I felt the tension when I walked in the club, frankly. It, f- it felt like the normies around me, they didn't really dig the film either. They were not into it at all whatsoever. Um, I was shocked at how bad it was. It felt really, and bad by like, I don't mean bad in the sense that like, you know, the acting was bad. Like the like a normal movie is bad, right? Like we know when, how a normal movie is bad. You know, a few, a plot doesn't quite make sense. Bad acting, bad effects. This was more bad like... I don't know. It's, it felt like a money laundering scheme. It felt it felt like they didn't whatever this cost. I'm sure it was probably 175 million on paper, but 90 percent of the movie is like chest up shots of the of Chris Hemsworth and you know his CGI castmates, just chest up shots of them. Just standing in front of the volume or a green screen. They both look bad to me. I, I, some people like the volume, the Mandalorian LED screen. Doesn't work for me. It fe- The movie felt incredibly cheap. Not fun in any way whatsoever. The plot, in- incomprehensible. This movie had four editors. Four editors. Apparently edited down from a four hour plus cut made hardly any sense. I have a call on the line who is an expert in this because they got out the movie theater with me. YB, how's it going? What's up? What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? Go ahead and unmute your mic. Go ahead and unmute. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still oh, processing. Okay. Right. You can't use a speakerphone. You can't, you can't use a speakerphone. Oh, okay. I'll call back. I'll figure it out. I'll call back. Just a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, but yeah, so Thor, Love and Thunder. I got my notes here. And first thing I know, I thought about before I even walked in the theater, because I keep seeing the tra- you keep seeing that trailer with Christian Bale in it. I'm like, Christian Bale is a, is a really amazing actor. He's a really good actor. He knows what good film is. He knows what good role is. Why is he in this movie? 
Why is he in this awful movie? I feel I, I'm I'm angry at him personally for doing this movie. Why would you do this? Why would he leave his mansion and whatever to do this movie? To inflict this awful movie upon us? I think you can tell from the trailer that it's going to be a really, really bad movie. I'll play it right now. If you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend that you do not go into a theater to see this movie under any circumstances. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dead bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? So that Scooby-Doo voice that Chris Hemsworth does there. Jane? That's kind of the tone of most of the film. It, it does have this very silly, over-the-top, childish tone. You, you might think it, okay, they're going for a kid's movie. Or they're going for some sort of whimsical movie. Like one, like what what Patty was going for with Wonder Woman eighty four, it has that kind of vibe. It doesn't feel quite as serious and grounded as the other Marvel films. Aside from the fact that Jane's plot, besides becoming the Mighty Thor, is also that she is dying of cancer. The film is about a woman dying of cancer. And they make Natalie Portman look like she is straight, really dying of cancer at, at several points. And they're cutting back and forth between Thor fighting these CGI monsters and like Jane and fighting these CGI monsters in some like ancestral realm. You know, not in the real world whatsoever. In his, you know, Jack Kirby costume. And then there will be like a straight up cut to Jane in like a hospital bed dying of cancer. I swear to God, I think there was a lost reference in this. I swear to God, Taika snuck in a lost sequence because you literally do see... Thor walking into the hospital full costume, visiting Jane, who is dying of cancer in this extremely ridiculous, silly movie where at a certain point, the villain Christian Bale, the gore, the god killer, kidnaps a bunch of children and tells them scary bedtime stories in order to lure Thor into a trap. I digress. We got callers on the line. YB, what is up? How's it going? Hey, hey. How you doing? Good, good. <laughs> I know. I went to the movie with you, and it was awful. I would say it was the worst date I'd been on, but I was with you, so that was... Oh, uh, well, that's sweet. That was a saving grace. 
<laughs> yeah, it was truly awful. It was terrible. And you mentioned how there were four editors on this film, and I don't think they ever met or talked to each other <laughs> or in any way ever saw the same movie. Like, they didn't save their files correctly, maybe, and they spliced <laughs> in, like, four different films. You know why, B, um, that makes a, like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if, so, if at a certain point someone lost a hard drive, if, if at a certain point, <laughs> what if Taika There's and one like, of his celebrity orgies, he like mixes, switches bags with, that would you make know, sense. Paris Hilton and shit gets, and it ends up, you know, and like in six months, someone's going to find the other 30% of this movie. It's going to be yeah, like in Cara Delevingne's really closet. <laughs> <laughs> no one will care. And that's the feeling that I had. I did not care at any point in this movie. I did yes. like Ragnarok. I, lo- I liked Ragnarok for what it was. It was fun. It was, you know, the jokes were cutting sharp. Uh, Taika Waititi has a good sense of humor, you know, but none of that was in this film. It was it wasn't for children. Was it for adults? Was it, you know, well, it wasn't for women because every single female in that movie was just dying. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, and injured. I, I, yeah, I That's don't true. want I don't want to jump ahead. But there is a oh, point so where you think the movie is going to end because there's this big climate climactic fight between Thor, Gore, Valkyrie <laughs> um, <laughs> and Mighty Thor. And yeah. And that ends up not being the final fight because Jane, she she's again dying of cancer, so she gets injured. And Valkyrie gets stabbed, and so she's out of the fight. So Thor in the final battle actually t- leaves both of those women at home and empowers the oh, group of children that he was yeah, going it to wasn't... rescue. And they fight the final fight. All these kids that you don't even know. Yeah. You're not even in Child soldiers. To, it's, it's, it's so weird because, like, there's shots of them to make it seem like, mm-hmm. oh, these kids are supposed to be, like, the Goonies. Like, you're already supposed to know who they are. But that must be yeah. in the editing room because only one of those children speak throughout the entire film. It's... it's it was not... A, it was not even a fun bad. It wasn't, like, a 90s bad superhero. Yeah, it no. just felt, like, very cheap, very COVID shot, as Jack likes to say um just so much of this film just felt missing and all you yeah and let's let's can i interject here a second i think if the listeners don't understand how bad that that final scene how all all it's not just that jane and the valkyrie like leave the fight you know because they're injured which is fine you know they can if someone's injured they could leave a fight but he he follows them back to earth we have scenes with long scenes with them both in the hospital. Oh yeah, they're like uh, walking around, like and there is not like they're, they, yeah, it's not like they're it's not yeah there is like they've healed they've healed up like in another film like like they weren't completely like fucked up where they couldn't possibly continue on. It's yeah, like they're, not, why they're like they no door, you go on and do the thing yourself. We'll oh, just be yeah. back here. It's so weird. It's- I love you, Jane. I want you here, but you know, and she's like, but I'm already dying. If I have time left, I want to spend it fighting and not sitting in this bed. And he's like, but honey, I want time to fuck you and spend time. So you need to stay in bed. That was absolutely the subtext. And she was like, okay. Well, I 
I don't know if that was quite the subject because there is no chemistry whatsoever between them. They, oh, none whatsoever. None they were was, laughing as they were kissing. Nothing. Yeah, it was just – and the movie is, is supposed to hinge on this relationship that the movie has to literally retcon their relationship <laughs> and tell it again because it's not – it wasn't in the other movies. They didn't bring her back for the second or third Thor for whatever reason so there's like no actual relationship between the two so the film has there's like this speed dating sequence scene where they do like a whole rom-com with Thor yeah. and Natalie Portman as and and just speed runs through the whole thing and it's supposed to get you emotionally involved in these characters but you don't feel it at all there's no there's yeah. nothing warmth there I, the reports of this film being I, people uh, extremely you know LGBTQ positive. There's a couple of mentions, but it's all very, still very chaste. Oh, it's like it's like pasted in, and you know you're not doing any favors to the queer community when you just kind of shove us in there like a band aid. You know, I and it doesn't like it angers me because it's not genuine, and it's going to anger parts of your fan base because it's bullshit. Like, why don't You know, it's insulting, and I feel like my senses have been assaulted. Let's can well, I mention speaking... something before I go? Yes, go ahead. It was. Um, I think I mentioned this. Uh, I don't know. I have so many complaints about this film that I can't even. We've talked about it on the way home, and if you want to bring up, but I just can't believe that anyone would ever say that this film was good. And how could you go to a screening of this with all your celeb friends and turn to each other and say, well, that was a great film, Chris. That was awesome. (laughs) You know, like no one buys that lie, you know, no one. But you say it anyway. So sad. Well, YB, thank you so much for the call. Much appreciated. We're going to keep on rolling with the Taika talk. YB, don't be a stranger. I want to play this clip because this is a, I mean, you can't talk about Taika without listening to the clip. You know what the clip is. I think, I think. What is it? Oh, you, I think everybody knows what the clip is. Here we go. Yo, my free city bros. Antoine here. Taika Waititi takes an already funny script and is riffing on a level that is freaking sublime. Riffing. On a level that is friggin' sublime. I don't know if you heard my man. We might have to do a rewind on that one. I don't know if you heard my man. He said that Taika Waititi takes an already funny script. And then is riffing on a level that is friggin' Sublime. Rewind. Yo, my free city bros. Antoine here. Taika Waititi takes an already funny script and is riffing on a level that is freaking sublime. What is it, the 70s? Sequels NIP, bro. Sequels are way better than originals. Who's the best martial artist in the whole wide world? Steven Sequel. (laughs) Antoine's got best... I just want to say that laugh you heard, that was backstage laughter. That And it, you can tell from the video how genuine it was. You can tell from the video how genuine it was. 
You might need to seek this out. This is on the this is a 20th Century Studios. R.I.P. Fox, I guess. 20th Century Studios tweeted this out to promote Free Guy, which was a which was a hit, which was a hit with the uh appearance of Taika Waititi as Antoine the kooky zany director in free guy i think he it's like a video game right and he's like the lead of the video game i haven't seen the movie but folks he was riffing on a level that is friggin sublime who's the best martial artist in the world steven sequel that's a riff that wasn't in the script I know when you heard that, you were like, oh, man. Like, some Pulitzer Prize-winning writer probably wrote that. Some genius of the written word had to be behind this. But no. Daika Watiti came up with it on the spot. Riffing on a level that is friggin' Sublime. Antoine's got basically no vocab. He's super uneducated, like he'd say something like, yo, I'm no rocket surgeon, you know? I thought you were still a burning man. I look like I'm still in the middle of the desert with nothing on but a hula hoop and a pair of leather moon boots. That's what you wear? (laughs) Taika is a genius. That's Jodie Comer paid to say this. Taika is a genius. I literally came to set on days that I wasn't in to watch his scenes because what that guy does is like insane. Antoine is, I think, a villain for the ages. The fact that Taika is able to kind of walk that razor's edge and make it both loathsome and hilarious is a testament to that guy's talent. What? There's no glass there. And you are... What? Nothing. Didn't say anything? No. You want to say anything else to me? I said, I think I love. He's miming, folks. You can't tell from the video, but he is miming on a level that is freaking sublime. Just a genius. Just a genius. Folks, if you want to talk about the genius of Taika Waititi. If you want to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder, if you want to talk about anything at all, feel free to call in. You want to talk about wrestling, feel free to call in. Folks, big things popping in professional wrestling. That Vince McMahon news, that's not going away. That's not going away. People are digging in. Reports today that, and this is something that I've been kind of working on too. I've been doing a little bit of writing on in the background. I'm going to have an article coming out with Jacobin about this. About all this wild stuff going on at the WWE offices. But reports are that the mainstream media is kind of picking up on this. And finally people are doing actual journalism about professional wrestling 
they're like going back and actually talking to the people who've worked with Vince McMahon, perhaps, to see what it's like. Nice to nice that they finally stepped up, given that you know WWE has become such a major part of so many media companies' por- portfolios. They have a billion dollar deal with Fox, a billion dollar deal with NBC Universal. There was, of course, the Netflix docu series that was scheduled on Vince McMahon. They canceled it, of course, after um, the recent revelations that Vince McMahon had paid millions of dollars in NDAs to cover up sexual harassment allegations. Well, I don't know if you call them allegations if you're paying $12 million to keep them secret. Nevertheless, Netflix did cancel uh, that documentary reportedly, which is a little bit strange. You would think Netflix, given all the true crime shows it's done, would realize the opportunity. They've done documentaries on Ed Kemper. They've done documentaries on Ted Bundy. Movie, too. Why not one on Vince McMahon? The problem was, and they had already shot most of this documentary. They already shot most of it. I think it got a little bit, it might have gotten delayed in part due to COVID. And they also wanted to capture footage of Vince McMahon's moment at last WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Didn't turn out quite as well as they expected, I imagine. It was supposed to be like some triumphant finish for Vince and his career. You know, his last time stepping in the ring and getting physical. And you may have seen it, but when he got physical, it was not pretty. It was possibly, it was definitely his worst physical performance in the ring. Aside from the time he slid into the ring and blew both his knees out. That was worse. When he blew both knees out at the same time getting into the ring. That was only slightly worse than the moment that was supposed to be the end of his triumphant, uh, triumphant Netflix documentary. You may ask yourself, if ne- if with someone with as many skeletons in the closet as Vince McMahon has, how do you do a documentary about him and not discover those skeletons yourself? Why did it take a Wall Street Journal report? I'm sorry, I I didn't mention this earlier. Netflix, this was a co-production between um, Bill Simmons Netflix, I guess Netflix bought, but it was a co-production between Bill Simmons and WWE. So WWE was producing the documentary about WWE and Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was producing his own documentary with the Netflix, you know, seal of approval. 
So that's how you dive into. So that's how you do a quote unquote documentary. Shoot it all. Have the footage. You're in the editing room. And then you open up the Wall Street Journal. And you discover that the subject of your alleged deep dive documentary. Has been up to what Vince has been up to. But that's part, and I think Jack Jack said this uh, on our episode about Vince, a struggle session. He said, this is the genius of Vince McMahon. Instead of waiting for Netflix to independently do a documentary on him or Bill Simmons to independently do a documentary on him, he just kind of, you know, does it with them together. He kind of co-ops the whole process before anybody got to do a documentary on him. That, that, that That's actually one thing people said was like, there has not been an exhaustive documentary on him, really. Hasn't been an exhaustive biography on him, even though one is coming out by Abe Reisman early next year. So no one has really dived in, and it seems obvious, is because no one really wants to. Even Netflix, who loves these investigative documentaries, there's clearly didn't didn't talk to a lot of ex-employees. There's clearly didn't even listen to, like, look into rumors that people have heard in wrestling, like that fans have heard for years about Vince McMahon. They didn't even look into the the scandals from 1992 involving Vince McMahon, where he was accused of sexually assaulting a referee then on national TV, on the Geraldo show. This was all in the news, front page headlines. But somehow, some way, Netflix missed all of this. I, I should say, Bill Simmons uh, missed all of this while producing uh, this documentary on Vince McMahon. I'm sure he's gobsmacked. I'm sure Bill Simmons is more shocked than anyone to hear. That something nefarious happened at the WWE. But that's their power as a media brand. Even while this is all happening. Even while all these articles are coming out. About Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. Sexually harassing their employees. A&E Networks premiered. Last week, a new two-and-a-half-hour block of WWE programming. And these are, again, you know, quote-unquote documentaries about the history of WWE. But they're, one of them is, is literally executive produced by Vince McMahon. And, of course, all these shows contain positive portrayals of Vince. While in the real news, he's getting beat up. But... That only equates to like two two minute segments on CNN. That negative about Vince, while A and E is putting on two and a half hours of documentary style foot um, shows about Vince, they're all positive. And then of course there's WWE Raw, three hours, SmackDown two hours 
NXT. Is it one hour or two hours? I actually don't know. But that's a lot of hours of positive Vince McMahon coverage that can easily drown out the negative news of his actual behavior. For now, for now. I'm not sure if it's going to last. Caller on the line. Andrew, what is up? How's it going? Go ahead and unmute yourself. How's it going, Andrew? Thank you. All right, so what's up? I'm skipping this one, man. They're making uh, Natalie Portman into Thor. The last one, Ragnarok, was like, meh, it was okay. This one just looks like a skip, looks like a snooze, man. I would recommend a skip. I would say even if you like the previous one, it's not worth it. I don't think it's any good. I don't think it's worth going to see. I don't even think it's worth really... Like, on the scale I would put it at, I would say when, uh, what do they call it, movietrailers.com or wherever posts, like, 10 clips of it on YouTube, watch those 10 clips. That's all the movie you need. You don't even, like, it's not even a watch on cable for me. It's not even a watch on TNT, uh, Thanksgiving, Thursday, games off, they're (laughs) doing a world premiere of Thor... Love and Thunder. Don't watch this. Watch something else. Put it on something else. It's, it's not, yeah. yeah. It's not that good. But thank you so much, Andrew. Yeah, definitely a skip. Is there any movie that you are looking forward to that's coming up? That's the one thing I wanted to say else, is that the only comic book property coming out at all that looks interesting to me is Ant-Man 3. I think Ant-Man 3 will be pretty good. You know, I was kind of interested in um, Black Adam a bit, but I think I saw a new trailer for it and it kind of took my enthusiasm away. I was, and I was also looking forward to, um, Nope by, uh, uh, um, Jordan Peele, but then the new trailer for that that came on before Thor did not make the film look any good. Did not make the film look actually quite bad somehow. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what kind of trailer they, what audience they were looking for. But it really uh, took me out of it. So, But I'm still holding out hope that Nope. And it's coming out, I think, on the 22nd. So coming out soon. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for calling in. Don't be a stranger. Have a good one. Cheers, bro. Thank you. All right. And, Lance, what is up? Yeah. So let me be honest. I'm a Flintstone, not a Jetson, right? So, in other words, when it comes to Marvel Comics and all that, but let me go back in history here. Go all the way back to, like, Prairie Tales or uh, where they could, couldn't could criticize the king, but they said 4 and 20 Blackbird, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Popeye. Popeye the Sailor Man. He started out as a rowdy, you know, like sailor. He wasn't a member of the Navy, but he was a rowdy sailor who got into knockdown drag out fights with Poop Deck Pappy. That was his name, his father. Right? Fast forward a couple decades and Popeye leading the fleet. 
right? It's a Navy fleet because he, he's a sailor, right? Okay. So uh, the whole thing about. I'll lance you're cutting out there a bit. If you could speak oh, up and uh, speak a little bit faster, I think it's cutting you out when you pause. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Oh, shit. All right, looks like Lads had a bit of trouble with the call. Folks, that's a good way as any. That's as good a way as any to end the show about Thor Love and Thunder. That was about the ending of the movie. That 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 was that simple oh shit. That would be about the ending of the movie. That that's how it felt. It was not any good. And by the end, whatever choices they did, like by the end of the film, Thor has a has a daughter for some reason. And even though Jay, sorry for the spoilers, but it doesn't matter. And out and it is clear why. Like the whole movie is about Jane dying of cancer. But the stinger, and I'm sure you've already heard about it, probably is her in Valhalla, and Valhalla just looks like all the other places they've already been in the movie. Because at some point they go to. They don't call it Olympus. I think they call it um, Omnipotent City, where Zeus is. And it just looks just like Valhalla. So what's the point? Who cares if someone lives or dies in this world? If you die the right way, if you die as an Asgardian, you just go to another realm, Valhalla. And you still get to be in the next movie. Folks, don't go see it. Don't bother. Taika Waititi, as I said, must be stopped. It's so funny because what we do in the shadows is actually a great show. I don't like the movie that much. But the show is amazing. The show is amazing. I love it. But folks, we're going to call it a night. It's getting late. But thank you so much for listening to Culture Tonight. Have a good one. Peace.